Try to imagine, what if we had never heard four-part harmony before? And what if you walked in here tonight and for the first time ever you heard four-part harmony? How would you feel? Wouldn't you at that moment say, wow, listen, I've never heard anything like that. Now I wonder when we first walk into heaven and we hear the singing, it's going to be like that, but I don't know what it's going to be. You know, it's going to be like, I've never heard anything like that. That's unbelievable. I can't wait. I can't wait to get there and to sing and it's just going to be awesome. We want to be there. We want to be there. We make a reservation now and we live every day in view of that. And it's periods like this that's supposed to strengthen us. What do we do in worship? 1 Corinthians 11th chapter to the 16th chapter is some of the most in-depth teaching that we have in the scriptures about worship. And it's just interesting to study those chapters and to see some of the things that the brethren in Corinth were struggling. They weren't doing it right from time to time. And he keeps bringing them back to the basics. Let's remember what worship is about. Let's remember how we are to worship. And what I'd like to do tonight is just leave with you a a real uh, simple principle that we must keep in mind as it pertains to worship. You can either exalt yourself or you can exalt God, but you can't do both. Now that's true in day-to-day living, but that's definitely true in worship too. And in 1 Corinthians, the 12th and and 13th and 14th chapter, you had those people that had the the ability to speak in tongues, a first century gift. They were exalting themselves. And so in a very indirect way, but yet definitely the point is made, Paul is saying to them, listen, you keep exalting yourself, you're never going to be able to exalt God And that's what worship is all about. I'd like for you to read these three verses along with me. And you you know, in a short invitation like this, there's so much more in these verses that we could cover. But I I hope that just that point, that principle stands out as appreciation that, that we need to humble ourselves. And while we humble ourselves... Let's exalt God. Look in in 23, 24, and 25. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place, that's what we've done tonight. The whole church has come together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Because those guests are going to say, we can't understand you. You're speaking this foreign tongue. We can't understand you. Why did we even come tonight if we don't understand what's going on? You see, our worship... We're supposed to understand. When we sing songs of praise, we're supposed to understand what we sing. That's mentioned earlier in this very same chapter. When we pray, we're supposed to understand what we're praying as we worship God. Now notice this, 24 and 25. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, here we go. He is convinced by all, he is convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed and so falling down On his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. What happens to the person? The person is humbled in worship. The person says, it's not about me. It's all about God. And what happens when we exalt God and humble ourselves? We're always convicted by our sins. The closer I draw to God the more convicted I'll be of my sins. Tonight, let's continue worshiping God. Let's see God for who He is. And it will humble us for who we are. And if there's sin that's separating us from our God, let's be convicted of that tonight and let's remove it. And let's leave here 
doing nothing but exalting God in everything that we are and everything that we do. Tonight, if you're ready to be immersed into Christ or if you're ready to turn away from sin and, and ask forgiveness again, if we can help you in any way, come as we stand and as we sing.